Hey, welcome to Midlife Clarity, where we're talking about how you can get exactly what you want out of your next chapter. And remember, this is about Midlife Clarity because the crisis is not mandatory. This week, we're going to talk about another principle from my 10 Principles of Transformation. This one is that labels equal limits. Labels equal limits. This is important because it supports the concept that you are a work in progress. Whatever label you're applying to yourself or whatever label someone else applies to you, that's perception. You might have even applied a label to you or other people have applied a label to you based on a test of some kind. You know, some companies do um, these onboarding tests like the Myers-Briggs, um, the DISC evaluation, lots of other evaluations that companies do as part of their onboarding process. Some of them we even get in school. I think I remember taking one in school that kind of surprised me. But anyway, my point is a lot of times people take these tests and they develop an opinion about themselves based on what the test tells them. I'm not knocking the results of a lot of those tests. I mean, you know, don't come for me if you're an Enneagram, whatever, follower and, um, and that's working for you. Great. I'm not saying that, you know, that none of it is correct. What I'm saying is that sometimes we can, for whatever reason, be it a test, be it something someone said about us when we were younger, whatever, we apply these labels to ourselves and they can limit us. What we don't want to do is get stuck in this mode of, well, this is just how I am. Remember we talked about the kind of the Popeye thinking, the I am what I am. We don't want to get stuck thinking that this label defines us for always. So let's talk about some of the ways that labels can harm us and can keep us from moving forward and how they don't maybe support us in this idea that uh, we are a work in progress. I believe that labels at the very least can make us lazy. They can give us tunnel vision and they can short circuit our curiosity. Because the thing is, if you think you already have the answer, why would you look for the answer? Hopefully that makes sense. We might not get curious about looking for why we act a certain way, why we reacted a certain way, why we do anything. If we already are thinking, oh, well, this is just how I am. I mean, that test said so, right? At worst, they can maybe even enable and perpetuate behaviors that keep us stuck and in that mode of blaming anybody but ourselves for how life goes. Okay, now let's, I know we're queuing up the inner dialogue. I know, I know you're hearing it. What is that annoying roommate inside your head saying right now? And, you know, you'll hear people refer to that as the inner critic, the judge. I refer to it as the inner, the annoying roommate inside your head. 
if you've been coached by me, that sounds familiar to you. You're probably laughing right now, but um, that is what I call that constant dialogue, that voice inside your head that reminds you of your mistakes, that keeps you afraid, that uh, tries to keep you in status quo, and just reminds you of everything you've ever done wrong. That's that annoying roommate. What's it saying right now? How is that voice reacting to the things that I'm telling you about labels? Here are some clues that beliefs around labels might be affecting your decision making. If you refer to yourself as an introvert or that you're shy. Um, if you refer to yourself as your Myers-Briggs designation, I'm an INTJ or whatever other personality test label. And I'm not saying that it's wrong for you to refer yourself this way. But what you don't want to do is say, oh, well, I can't do this because I'm an introvert. I can't speak in front of people because I'm an introvert. I can't network because I'm shy. I can't start up conversations with new people at work because I'm an INTJ or I'm awkward. How about this one? I'm a rule follower. You know, I, I can't take risks, even smart risks that have asymmetry to the upside. I can't take those risks because I'm a, I'm a rule follower. You know what? I've described myself as this person before. What that's really saying is, you're, you're saying you're a good person. I'm a good person. And that sounds positive, but it can keep you from doing things that, that need to be done. Like having tough conversations. How about I'm a procrastinator? I mean, how, how many things does that get you out of or off the hook about? You know, if you, just, if you just tell yourself, I'm a procrastinator, this is how it is, this is how I live. How much stress are you adding to your life? By just saying, I am just a procrastinator and this is how it's going to be. I heard a woman refer to herself as a loser magnet. A loser magnet. She told herself that. She said that about herself. I'm a loser magnet. Well, you're going to be, right? If that's what you think you are, that's what you're going to be. How about, I can't do anything right. <laughs> or, I'm selfish. That's another one I hear. You know, especially when we get into these conversations that I hope we're going to have a lot of in the coming weeks around, hey, I've reached this point in my life where I've achieved things and it should be enough, but I feel like I want to do more. I feel like I want to do something else. And I've heard people say, well, that makes me feel like I'm being selfish. Okay, if you label yourself as selfish, then you're going to be held back from taking actions that seem to you to be selfish, whether they are or not. How about, I'm not smart about business things, or I'm not skilled. How about, I'm bad with money. Have you ever told yourself that? Have you heard someone say that about themselves? I'm bad with money. You know, that one is, uh, that one's trouble because it can impact you in terms of the, the decisions you make, the choices you make, but also that is like deep into your whole money story. It can affect your income, literally, and what you choose to do to earn your income. 
How about I'm lower class? How about I'm loud? I'm intimidating. Oh, here's a good one. I'm just blunt. You ever heard anybody say that? Maybe you said it. I'm just blunt. Well, we'll talk about that. I heard people say, I'm stupid. Or, ooh, how about I'm dependent on blank, blank, whatever. I'm dependent on him. I'm dependent on my happy juice. <laughs> I'm dependent on uh, this little chemical that gets me through the day. I'm dependent on this job. It's another label. It's what you're telling yourself. I have a friend who says, I'm always late. I'm late for everything. Or you will be. You will be if you keep saying that. Because you believe it. I'm ugly. I'm clumsy. These are all things that I have heard used. And some of them I've used myself. As we label ourselves. Some of it is because we heard someone else say it about us. How do you know if this is something that really is a limiting factor for you, a limiting label? Well, the best thing I can tell you is that when you say the words out loud, whatever it is, whatever you think might be a limiting label for you, say it out loud. Pay attention to how your body feels when you say it. Feel a tightness in your chest or in your stomach. You feel a tension in your neck. You feel your face get hot, your ears get hot. What do you feel when you say those words? Because if it is a limiting factor for you, I can just about guarantee that when you say it out loud, you feel something in your body. And as a comparison, you can turn around and say something just completely, ridiculously untrue about yourself. I'm a 10-foot-tall Batman. You feel nothing when you say that. Although, sometimes I wish I was a 10-foot-tall Batman. But when you say something ridiculously untrue, you don't feel anything in your body. But when you say something that you believe is true, and it's a limiting factor for you, you'll feel it some way, somehow. What we have to do is try to get to the point where we discover the origin of that label. We have to think about what led us to the conclusion of that label. I'm going to give you some examples. I might even give you one of my, of my very own. But think about what orig where it originated where you first began to identify with that label. I'm clumsy. I'm awkward. I'm ugly. I'm stupid. And think about what was going on in that period of time. And think about maybe some other reasons why whatever happened would have happened without that label being true for you. You know, whatever happened to make somebody say you're stupid that you ended up believing. There could have been a half dozen other reasons why the thing happened that caused them to react that way. that had nothing to do with your intelligence. Hopefully that makes sense to you. I just want to plant this seed of you thinking about where these things originated for you and what 
circumstances could there have been that contributed to the situation that had nothing to do with that label being true? All you have to do is get enough of a seed of doubt planted in your mind that maybe the label wasn't true at all from the very beginning. That's going to allow you to start letting go of it. What do you need to be true in order for you not to believe that this label applies to you? Some of the ways that I've reframed things in the past, um, for instance, I'm clumsy. That might become, I'm strong and competent when I focus on the task at hand, right? We can reframe that old label into a new truth that serves us. It's hard to do that without getting to the root of it, though. You really need to understand when was the first time that you ever accepted that label for yourself. You could, instead of saying I'm bad with money, that might turn into I make good decisions with money when I pay attention. <coughs> Excuse me. This is one of my favorites, the I'm awkward or I'm shy. Try this one on. What if I'm awkward or I'm shy might become this sentence. I like to observe and fully absorb new situations and choose my words carefully for meaning and impact. I like that so much I'm going to say it again. Instead of saying I'm awkward or I'm shy, what if you said I like to observe and fully absorb new situations and choose my words carefully for meaning and and impact. How powerful is that? Boy, that sounds way better than I'm shy. And it's closer to the truth. That's all we're trying to get to. We're trying to get to a truth that serves you, that is positive, to replace the lie that this label has been telling you all these years. I'm a procrastinator might become when I have a plan, I get the right things done at the right time. And that's true. I've, I'm a procrastinator, or I have been. I've labeled myself that. But when I have a plan, I get the right things done at the right time. I'll tell you a little story. My mom hates it when I tell this story because it makes people think that my grandfather was mean, and he wasn't. I was so close with him. I loved him just about more than anybody else on this earth. And he would have never hurt me for anything in the world. But when I was 10 years old, I'm going to date myself now. Satellite TVs had just come out and my grandmother had to have one. And I'm, I'm not talking about dish or direct TV. I'm talking when I was probably around nine or 10 is when you could get these huge satellite dishes put in the yard. And my grandmother had insisted that they needed one. And she got this thing put in and they had this nice TV with, remote controls with buttons for days. And they were still trying to figure out how to use it. My grandma and papa were. And I was staying with them for a couple of days, a weekend or something. I was in the bathroom in the hallway and my grandfather was trying to get the TV onto a channel that he wanted to see. And he couldn't get it. He couldn't get it where he wanted to, to get it. And he said, somebody's been messing with this TV. And my grandma goes, you're just not doing it right. And he said, uh, that child was in here messing with these remote controls. Talking about me. 
<laughs> with that child. That child was in here messing with these remote controls. She probably messed something up. She doesn't have any common sense. And my grandmother said, that child has more sense than either one of us put together. That's probably the only time I remember her defending me. And he said, well, she might have book sense, but she doesn't have any common sense. Now, I need to stop the story there because I want you to understand that I was probably 10. It didn't hurt my feelings. It didn't make me sad. It didn't make me feel any kind of way. I swear it didn't. I just believed it. Why? Because my papa was the, he was the pentacle of leadership and gentleness. And I just loved everything about him. He was a positive male figure in my life when I really didn't have that many at the time. And I loved him. And so I believed what he said was true. He, again, I want to tell you, he wouldn't have hurt my feelings for anything in the world. If he thought I hurt him, he probably would have been mortified. But the reason I wanted to tell you that is because I spent the next probably 15 years on up into my 20s believing I didn't have any common sense. I had book sense, but no common sense. It took... Oh, actually, it took being married to a man who insisted that I was as smart as I wanted to be and I could do anything I wanted to before it finally sank in that that was true, that I could figure things out and I could learn and that I did have common sense. I had reasoning sense and logic and I learned how to apply them. So what I'm asking you to do today is think about some of the labels that you attach to yourself that might be keeping you from believing that you are indeed a work in progress, that you will be a different person five years from now than you are right now or 10 years from now, and that you can direct how that goes for yourself. You can become just about anything you want to. You can create a space and an environment for yourself, a curated environment for yourself, including who you hang around with, the type of work you're doing, um, the type of even volunteer work you're doing, what you do for hobbies. You can curate that for yourself the way you want it to look. But you have to make sure that none of the labels that either you or other people have that have been applied to you are holding you back. And the way to do that is to try to understand where they came from and then replace the lie with the truth. That's it. That's it. It's, it's not easy, and I don't want to make it sound like it is, but it is simple. And if you will open your mind to the possibility that maybe you're something other than clumsy or stupid or awkward or procrastinator or late. You're going to open up a world of possibilities for yourself in terms of what you make this next chapter into. That's it for this time. 
I'm glad that you joined me. If you would, go into the Telegram group. There's a Telegram chat called Midlife Clarity. I'd love to hear your responses, your opinions. I'd love to hear what you came up with in terms of what labels you've applied to yourself and how you want to try to clear them out and um, move forward in this chapter. And remember, we're after Midlife Clarity because crisis is not mandatory. Till next time.